will do well. Reserve some for the foundlings. As it should always be. The foundlings are the future. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Welcome to the Tangent Podcast. This week, 2-11 talks about the Hawks' big win in Brooklyn, Justin Fields destroying the Clemson secondary, and the NFL playoff picture. Please go join the Tangent Podcast group of Facebook to catch all the shows when they're dropped. Now let's get it. Yo, what's good everybody? It's your boy Mitch. Thank you for listening to the Tangent Podcast. Please get the show, the Tangent Podcast on Facebook, the Real Tangent on Twitter, or the Real Tangent on Instagram if you like to look at pictures. Now, the other day on the show, I said, okay, the Hawks are 3-0. Let's see what happens when they play a real team. I consider the Brooklyn Nets a real team, as I said on the last show. Brooklyn played KD, played Kyrie Irving, and barely beat the Hawks 145-141 to the other night. On New Year's Day, the Hawks came back again, same same place, same team, Brooklyn in Brooklyn, and bust they ass. 114 to 96. Now, why is this relevant? Number one, now I'm seeing what the NBA is doing due to the pandemic that, hey, if you're already in Brooklyn, might as well stay in Brooklyn and play too. And I kind of like it because the aggregate score, the Hawks are a better team. If you just want to go by score. And on the court, they look like a better team. No tripping. DeAndre Hunter and John Collins is is a is, woo, it's a really, really good combination. Clint Capella is just dunking on people like stupid. But pfft, I think the Hawks really solidified themselves as a dangerous team in the Eastern Conference with this win. Um, Durant... Did Durant things, silky smooth, as always. But Trey Young didn't even go off. Trey Young had 21, 7, and 5. And that's not Trey Young usually. Durant had his 28, his 8. Irving had his 11 assists, 18 points. But it's just, they just got locked down. The defense was so much better than it was on Friday night. Or was it Friday night? I'm sorry, it was Wednesday night. It was so much better. Then the first Nets game. They didn't have anything for them. When you, have, when you have to play Kevin Durant 37 minutes, that means you were working their ass. After he had a, a day off against the Grizzlies, a game they lost. And on the low, the Nets are 3-3. Three and three. Will it matter in the end? No. I still think they're going to have the number one seat. But damn. It was a... A great, great win. This Bogdanovich thing, this herder thing, I'm telling you, the three-point shooting that the Atlanta Hawks displayed the other night, Cam Reddish is starting to come through with seven rebounds, 12 points. Just good contributions from a lot of different people. And then the bottom of the bench, Godwin, I mean Goodwin, uh, Solomon Hill coming through with 24 minutes. They go eight deep. Solidate deep. So, you have to look at the Eastern Conference and be like, damn, where do they really fall? 
I already said I think they're going to have home court advantage in the playoffs because they're going to make the playoffs. But last night, the Nets couldn't do anything with them. Hawks did whatever they want. Pick and roll, lobs, uh, pick and pops. Trey Young was pulling from deep again. And let's just talk about this. We, we have to talk about this. Trey Young doesn't give a fuck who Kyrie Irving is. Trey Young's going to the bucket constantly. If you look at Trey Young's sh- sh- uh, shot stats for this year, this season, because he came into the game shooting 63% from the field, which is stupid. But most of his points are at the cup. He does that little floater. He does he does that little crossover drive. And if you come to him, he is throwing the lob. It's a wonderful offense to look at right now. I highly suggest everyone, everyone, look at the game recap for New Year's Day for the Hawks and Nets. You'll be very, very, very much impressed with what Atlanta's doing right now. Hey, shout out to Coach Pierce too, man. He's got this thing going. I think the Bogdanovich addition, he only had seven against the Nets on, on, the, on the win, but just him being out there, just the presence, so you'll know. If he gets wet, he gets wet. Same with Kevin Herter. If he starts stroking at three, oh, oh it's going to be a long night. So shout out to the Hawks. Uh, and the Nets are three and three. It doesn't make sense. You would think, I don't know. It's like they're coasting. And I don't know why they're coasting right now. They're, they're too, they're, they think they can just turn it on and off. And with the Sixers being 4-1, the Pacers being 4-1, the Hawks, the Magic being 4-1. And, I mean, I don't know. The Celtics haven't even got started yet. The Bucks, yeah, that, that's the crazy thing about this. Right now, as presently constituted, the Eastern Conference has the Nets, Celtics, and Bucks in the bottom playoff seats. 6-7-8. All with 3-3 three and three records. Now, we know this is going to change. But then there are up-and-coming teams like the Hornets that want that smoke, too. I mean, the Wizards, I'm still shocked that they're 1-5. With the Westbrook edition, I guess it's just not working yet. It's not clicking yet. Because Bradley Beal and Westbrook, I mean, besides uh, McCollum and Lillard, I thought that was going to be one of the best backcourts in the league. Apparently not. But the next couple games for the Hawks, um, they got the Cavs uh, tomorrow. And then they got the Knicks on the 4th. So, back-to-backs. I think it's going to be two dubs because they're going to be in Atlanta. Four of the first five games the Hawks had were on the road. So, coming back home to the A. Get some home cooking. Go ahead and get two W's. I think that Cavaliers game is going to be very, very interesting. Because on the low, Andre Drummond is playing MVP ball. On the low. And the Knicks, Julius Randle is playing MVP ball. On the low. Go look it up. You If you, if you don't believe me, go look up their stats. Randle's damn near averaging a triple-double. Go look it up. Uh, as far as the West, 
I can't I can't believe the Nets are sixth. And I don't think they care. I think they care if they get in, but I don't think they care. As far as the West, the Phoenix Suns, I mean, they're just carrying over from what they did with the bubble. They were undefeated in the bubble, and now they have a 5-1 record. The addition of Chris Paul, you knew that was going to happen. You knew they were going to be a much better team. They've won four straight. The Clippers are 4-2 in second, but I just can't get that Mavericks 50-point halftime deficit out of my head. I just, if you watch that game, oh, man, they look so bad. <laughs> And they weren't resting anybody. Everyone was playing. I don't know what it is with the Clippers, but I think that they could turn it on and off. I think they actually have an on and off switch. Most teams don't. Uh, running down the rest of it, Lakers 4-2, Jazz 3-2. The Pelicans are in fifth place. See, I think the Pelicans are going to sneak in, but I honestly believe that the Trailblazers are playing the best basketball right now in the West. Damian Lillard <laughs> is special. He's he's a special, special one. I called I called uh Kyrie Irving the grimiest point guard in the league. But Damian Lillard's grime level is super high. <laughs> and CJ McCullough is in his jacket. <laughs> They're good. Mellow coming off the pine. Nurkic had the three. This kid Simons. Portland needs to be looked out. No one wants to see them in the playoffs. At all. And shout out to uh, the Sacramento Kings doing a little something. I'm a big um, De'Aaron Fox fan. But it's still early. I just don't want to get too overhyped about the Hawks. I don't want there to be any kind of crazy injury. You see what happens. You get a you get a major injury like um the Grizzlies with uh Ja. You 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 won't hear about the Grizzlies no more. I would have to say the most disappointing team in the NBA right now is the Nuggets. Cause they just can't buy one. And they have two really good players. But for them to be in the Western Conference Finals last year and to start out 1-4, and four, and these aren't good losses. The very first game with the Buddy Heald uh, tip up and in, okay, you know what I'm saying? In overtime, that okay, that's fluke. Uh, the Christmas Day against the Clippers, okay, you weren't supposed to win that. They beat the Rockets, but the Rockets aren't good either right now. It's James Harden and the rest. But then you lose to the Kings again in Sacramento. And then barely lose to the Suns. The Suns are good. I, I get it. But two losses to the Kings? No, man. No. <laughs> it's not the wave. And now they are the worst team in the West, statistically. Jamal Murray's got to step it up. Joker's got to step it up. KPJ got to step it up. Or it's going to get out of hand quickly. And you don't have a full 82 to get your shit together. You need to get it together now. All right. Oh, fantasy draft next week. Uh, the 
all the information is going to be posted on the Facebook page, the Tangent uh, Podcast Facebook page. And we'll get it cracking next weekend. Draft should be, I want to say, Sunday at 8 p.m. But like I said, all the information will be over at the site. All right. Now we're going to talk about the elephant in the room after this break. This is the Tangent Podcast on Tangent Media. I like Dabo Sweeney. I think he's a hell of a coach. He's one of the few coaches to get Saban in the ring and win for the national championship. And I agree full and wholeheartedly with Dabo Sweeney as far as the number of games that Ohio State played. Now, what didn't work in his favor was him saying that they were the 11th best team in the country. Right before you play him. That's not a good play. And now, I would love to ask Dabo Sweeney today. If you could name 10 teams better than Ohio State. Because I can't. Including yours. Clemson got blitzed last night. It, it wasn't even close after the second quarter. The first quarter was even. Every, every I mean... Lawrence was playing decent. Etienne got banged up for Clemson. And that, that I think that kind of changed the little things a little bit. But that second quarter, Justin Fields got in his bag. This kid's sermon that they uh, transferred from Oklahoma got in his bag. And they scored 21 straight. And once that popped, it was over. And Clemson kept on getting calls. Clemson got jerked on one. Uh, they said um, Trevor Lawrence fumbled, but he was clearly down with his with his back on the turf, with his hand on the ball, and they still called it a fumble. It was it was you have to go back and look. It was so bad, but at that point it was pretty much academic. Justin Fields, he came out there with a chip on his shoulder and a point to prove. Number one. I think that loss last last year just stuck with him. That interception that he threw at the end of that game just stuck with him. And he busted his ass all year long to get to that point. And Ohio State, they I'm not saying they were obviously the fresher team because they only played six games. The Big Ten changed the rules so they can get in this motherfucker. But it has to be credited the things they had to go through in order to get to that point because everyone was preparing for college football. But the Big Ten was just late to the party. So while the ACC, the SEC, they were playing games, they were just kind of going through the motions, going to practice, motion, motion, practice, practice. And I guess the freshness helps, but I think the more games you play, the sharper you are for games, for actual games. So, and and it's Clemson. So I'm thinking Clemson's going to come in here and and do the work. No, 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 no. Ohio State had other ideas. And the two deep balls, the two deep touchdowns that uh, Justin Fields threw, he was saying, bitch, 
I'm the number one quarterback in college. Not that guy. And Lawrence didn't have a bad game. Lawrence was just down. And once once they were down by three touchdowns, it's hard to execute, especially against a solid team like Ohio State. So I can't wait to see what happens with this next game. But Justin Fields, he got banged up pretty good in the ribs, played through it, gutted it out. It's a great performance. The one, six touchdowns. No, no. 385 and six touchdowns against Clemson? That shit is solid. I, I do have to talk some shit, though. That interception that he threw was absolutely one of the worst passes I've seen all year. It was clearly triple covered. Clearly. It's like it's like when you play Madden and you press the wrong button. That's how bad it was. But everything else was crisp. Crisp. With, with ribs that were hurt. All the respect to Justin Fields. And now, I bet... UGA fans are asking, well, hell, what if they would have replaced Jake Fromm with Justin Fields? Where would they be now? You know they're saying that. And at the time, I wouldn't have replaced Jake Fromm either. Jake Fromm was the heartbeat of that offense. And it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. But, hey, you can always second guess it. Hindsight's twenty twenty. And Ohio State will be playing Alabama, who absolutely wrecked Notre Dame. Notre Dame is just not made for this format. They're just not. The only reason Notre Dame was even in it because Trevor Lawrence didn't play the first game against Notre Dame. That was it. Notre Dame had a hell of a night that night against Clemson the first time. But, man, they weren't ready. And it's not Ian Book's fault. They just... They just don't have a secondary that can guard anybody <laughs> catching the ball for Alabama. This Devontae Smith thing. Woo, this Devontae Smith thing. If he doesn't win the Heisman Trophy, I'll be shocked. But he went off again, 130 yards. I mean, six catches. I mean, it doesn't matter. The offense is too damn good. Najee Harris, the running game's too damn good. The defense is too damn good. The coaching is too damn good. Now, I already said Alabama's going to take the whole thing. Been saying it. But if they can have a legendary performance like that again from Justin Fields, the Buckeyes have a chance. There's there's really no need to talk about the Alabama-Notre Dame game much more. But I have much, much respect for Ian Book. Much respect. Because he took a licking and kept on going. I'm I'm prou- I'm proud of that boy. And hopefully, he moves on to bigger and better. He's a good player. Brian Kelly, ah, uh, you you can't you. Brian Kelly can't be mad that he gets asked this question over and over and over again about how they underperform in the big games. That he can't he can't be mad about that. It's Alabama number one, so you're gonna underperform. That's just that's just what it is. It's easy to beat uh, Purdue. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to beat Indiana. It's easy to beat Boston College. This is Alabama. You got you to gotta step your shit up. When, it, when it's full-strength Clemson, when it's a full-strength Alabama, then you're supposed to lose. That's all there is to it. 
unless you have a special, special game like we just saw at Ohio State. That's what that's the type of effort it's going to take to beat the Crimson Tide. Period. You're not just gonna walk into Alabama and get a dub. There are only certain players that do that shit. Cam Newton did that shit once. You know what I'm saying? It, it takes a special, special breed. And Notre Dame just doesn't have that transcendent player. They haven't had that transcendent player. Every program that has had a won the national championship in the last few years has had a transcendent player. Who is Georgia's transcendent player? DeAndre Swift is nice. Very nice. Jake Fromm, great player. Not transcendent. Trevor Lawrence, he's going to be a number one pick. Justin Fields, he's going to be a number one or number two pick. Those are special players. Notre Dame does not get those kind of players. They just don't. And they should. Notre Dame recruits nationally. Alabama and Alabama has their borders sewed up for the most part. Georgia has their borders sewed up. South Carolina, (laughs) Clemson has that sewed up. Florida, sewed up for the most part. Florida, they have so many schools down there that they're sharing talent most of the time. But Bama, Georgia, South Carolina, that's a, those, those schools are the wave there in their states. They're, they're the thing. You might lose one to Georgia Tech. You might lose one to Georgia State because of academics or some shit. You know, but something, something. But for the most part, they're going to get the five stars. The kid, the kid that, um, that's about to follow Lawrence. Um, I can't pronounce his name. I'm not even going to try right now. But he went to St. John's Bosco in Cali. Won a national championship. Won a state championship. He uh, came in when uh, Trevor Lawrence had COVID this year. Played great. Played great. But he got beat by Notre Dame. If Notre Dame could get a quarterback like that, now we're talking about something. Now we're dealing with the goods. The best, The best player I could think of right now they came out of Notre Dame program. What, Claypool? The kid that plays for the Steelers right now? He's nice as hell. Book? Book is a good quarterback. They need that guy. They need that guy. Clemson gets that guy. Alabama gets that guy. Alabama might not get the, the guy at quarterback. But they always get the guy at running back, and they always get the guy at wide receiver. Psh. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Ruggs. I mean, I mean, come, come on, man. Their recruiting is ridiculous. Once Kirby Smart gets to that level of recruiting, and he gets that quarterback, if you could get that quarterback, because that's the thing. That's the wave. You get that quarterback, you can compete. Touch on Georgia real quick. I really thought Georgia was going to lose uh, to Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. But they came through. They were losing damn near the whole game. But Kirby's crew came through, so I got to give them a shout-out. Cincinnati's a damn good team. They have a good program. They're coming. And if you switch, if you switch the jerseys, they would have easily put Cincinnati in over Ohio State. Cincinnati was undefeated, but they're talking about the the competition level or whatever. Look, bottom line, there's one big school in Ohio. It's not Cincinnati, unfortunately. That's why they didn't get in. And 
Georgia validated it. Coastal Carolina, like I said, they had trouble with Liberty. So that's validated. And now we have Ohio State versus Bama for the title. I already told you, I'm not changing my pick. It's going to be Bama. But boy, I cannot wait to see how Justin Fields comes out. I, I, I'm amped now. I wasn't amped before. Because I thought it was just going to be Clemson and Bama again. And Bama's just going to scrape them again. Now, Coach Day and his boys are going to come through with a, a bigger chip on their shoulder. Last year, it was the, 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 um, the Clemson game, that was about revenge from last year. This is a whole nother ball of wax. Alabama versus Ohio State is going to be crazy. And don't let Ohio State get up. Don't let them do that. If they can neutralize that run game at all, at all, it's going to be a problem for Alabama. I I can't wait to see how they coach this thing up. I can't wait. Oh, boy. What else I want to hit on? Oh, yo, okay. Oh, man, the Kamara news is horrible. Yo, we have to get into the NFL real quick. So let's break down some of the games and some of the stories from the NFL and then get up, get up out of here. Uh, it's your boy, Mitch. It's the Tangent Podcast on Tangent Media. Back on the Tangent Podcast, and we got to get into the playoff picture in the NFL uh, that has a big, big change going on with the New Orleans Saints having to deal with the COVID thing, just like the Broncos did earlier in the season against the Saints, ironically enough. Alvin Kamara, the man who scored six touchdowns last week and won people their fantasy leagues, including me, he's going to be out on the... uh, COVID-19 reserve list and some other uh, running backs for the Saints as well. This means it's going to be a little bit harder for the Saints to beat Carolina, but they have to win in order to keep the second seed because Seattle's right on their tail. Green Bay has Chicago. Chicago has to win, bottom line. I don't think Green Bay can come off the gas either because they want the number one seed. And this year, with each conference having seven seeds as opposed to the usual six, only one team is getting a bye, and that's the number one seed. The Chiefs already locked it up in the AFC. Green Bay hasn't done that yet. If Seattle wins today against San Francisco, which is more than likely, that means Green Bay has to win in order to keep that number one seed. Aaron Rodgers, he wants to lock up the MVP, I believe. So... Green Bay is going to come out firing. It is in Chicago, so it's not going to be easy breezy. But Green Bay has been on fire. Devontae Adams is like top three receiver in the league right now. Aaron Jones has that running game going. I don't see Green Bay losing. And that would mean that Chicago would probably be out of there. Um, Let's see. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Green Bay on that one. New Orleans, even with... Out Camara, I think Breeze and the boys will be able to get it done versus Carolina. So, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and pick the Saints on that. Seattle's not going to lose to San Francisco. If they do, that'd be a major, major loss. And something that 
the Niners can actually take in the next season. Because the Niners just had a bad, bad break over and over again. They lost Bosa early. And then the quarterback thing, they don't know what they're going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. But they'll, they're Kyle Shanahan's going to have that thing together. Lynch and Shanahan are going to have that thing together next year. Now here's the most interesting thing. The NFC East and the Washington football team. Woo! They're going to get in the playoffs with a seven-win season, I believe. Well, they can. They're 6-9 and nine right now. Uh, this is going to be a rough, rough go for them just because of this. They're going against Philly now. With Philadelphia replacing Carson Wentz with Jalen Hurts a couple weeks ago, and Jalen Hurts already showing his medal by beating the Saints in Philly a couple weeks ago, they're not going to lay down. Yeah, they're out of the playoffs. They're playing for next year. Whatever. Jalen Hurts is going to show up and show out. There's no doubt in my mind. So Washington has to bring their A game. They don't know if they're going to have Alex Smith quite yet. They said they were very confident that he's going to play. Uh, coming off that um, leg injury, they're going to need him. Philly's not going to come out here and lay down. Doug Peterson basically needs a win, I think, in order to keep his job. Uh, if he would have pulled the trigger on Carson Wentz a little bit earlier in the season, I think that they probably could have even won the division. But as it is, Philly's going to try and take this from him. And it's going to be the Sunday night game. So... They're already going to know what they have to do. Earlier in the day, Dallas and the New York Giants are going to be playing. Basically, the winner of that game is going to be sitting there waiting for Sunday night football. Because if Washington does happen to lose, then they'd be in. And if you let the Cowboys in, either one of those teams actually, the Giants or the Cowboys, they could be a problem. Any any one of these pro, uh, teams could be a problem. For whoever they get, which will probably be Tampa Bay. But we have to see how the, day, the rest of the day plays out. Uh, speaking of Tampa Bay, they're playing the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons who always seem to find a new way to lose. We saw plenty of ways for them to lose all year. The onside kick debacle against the Cowboys. Last week, Patrick Mahomes threw a pick. Terrell Jr. just couldn't hold on to it. They ended up losing the game. How are they going to do it this week? How? They're not playing for anything. If anything, they're playing for um, Raheem Morris's uh, interim status to become permanent as far as the head coach. And Tampa Bay, they already have their uh, playoff spot locked up. We don't know if they're going to play for rest. We, we don't know. The seeding isn't going to matter. They're going to have to play on wildcard weekend anyway. And the matchups, I'm not. I don't think they're trying to pick and choose. Atlanta can win this game, but I just don't think they will. It's just they find new ways to lose every week. It seems like, and when they win, it's like, why are you winning? You're just losing draft position. Okay, the L.A. Rams versus Arizona. Now, this is a game that's going to be crazy. The Rams have some inexplicable losses including to the New York Jets. The New York Jets, 
have two wins this year, and they might just put a fly in two teams' playoff ointments. Uh, the Rams and Cleveland, who we're about to get to when we get to the AFC. It's sad, because I really wanted to see Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in the playoffs. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think McVay is going to have a game plan, and Goff, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over three times, they should be able to win with that defense. That defense still has Jalen Ramsey. This defense still has Aaron Donald. And with a playoff position on the line, they have to come through. They just have to. Uh, so I'm picking the Rams on that. Oh, I didn't even give the prediction on the Washington game. I'm going with Philly. I, I just feel the Jalen Hurts thing. I'm going with Philly because I don't know if Alex Smith is playing. If Alex Smith is playing, I would go with Washington, but we don't know yet. And if they have some dude they just brought off the practice squad, I don't know about that. The whole quarterback situation in Washington, having to cut their quarterback that they just drafted with a first-round pick last year, that's a problem. So, yeah, I'm picking Philly in that. Uh, Tampa Bay, Atlanta. Uh, we don't know who they're resting because they already have it locked up. Yeah, and the Falcons are going to Falcon. So, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. This Rams game, they got to come through. When I hate it for Kyler Murray, he had a really, really good start to the season. He had an MVP start to the season. DeAndre Hopkins, phew, I mean, he's special. He's top three in the league. Imagine if Sean Watson had him this year. That would have been nice, huh? I'm, yeah, going with the Rams. Yeah, but Arizona, if they could pull out this W and get some help, They'd be a really, really fun team to watch in the playoffs. Uh, let's see, let's see. Let's get to the AFC. There's no need to talk about the Chiefs. The Chiefs are to anybody. It doesn't even matter. Um, they're not going to lose anything if they lose this game. But the Chiefs are going to win anyway, just because. Patrick Mahomes is already going to be sitting out. They're resting everybody because they have the number one seed. So it, it's like... They're going to have two bye weeks. They're going to have this week, and then they're going to have next week when they don't have to play anybody, and everybody else has to play. So it's going to be an advantage. Every game is going to be at home. Everyone has to go to Arrowhead. That's going to be an advantage. They're already the champs. If the Chiefs went back-to-back, this might be a thing. I don't see anyone being able to beat the Chiefs right now, honestly. I mean, the Bills are probably the only team... Bills are potent. Josh Allen, he's probably going to come in third or fourth in the MVP. You could probably interchange him and Derrick Henry. But Josh Allen is having a hell of a season. The Bills play Miami. Miami's playing for their playoff lives today against the Bills. The Bills don't have the number two seed locked up, so they're playing. Uh, and Miami, eesh, I, I don't know, man. We don't know if they're starting Tua Tungvaluwa or it's Fitzmagic. <laughs> but boy, if it's Fitzmagic, <laughs> the Bills have a problem today. Uh, I'm still going to take the Bills. I think Stefan Diggs and the running game that's been pretty consistent, it's going to be too much. Then Josh Allen, he has like eight rushing touchdowns as well. He's a threat on the ground as well. 
I think they're going to get it done. Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's had to shut down their facility because of COVID during the week. It's another a huge distraction. You can't you can't practice, and you're practicing for your playoff lives because you just lost to the Jets as well. Everyone thought the Jets were tanking. The Jets might end the, the year with a three game winning streak. So let's let's give it up for the Jets. Now, like I said, they're they're my team of the week last week. This week it has to be the Hawks, but we'll get to that later. In another in another time, um, Cleveland has to win, and they already said they're uh, the the Steelers already said they're benching Big Ben for this game, trying to get their little bye weekend because the Steelers didn't have very good luck with their bye week. They had to use their bye week because other teams had COVID. You have to make up the games, X Y Z. So they're gonna use this as their bye week going into the playoffs. I don't think the seeding really matters to them because they have to play on wild card weekend. If you have to play on wild card weekend, it doesn't matter. I don't think. It just depends on if you have home field advantage, and they're going to have home field. So, yeah, I think Cleveland's going to show up because they have to. Baker Mayfield, you can say what you want about him. You can say he's arrogant. You can say his ego is too big for his damn helmet, but he's a gamer. Heisman Trophy winners are gamers usually. And he has the Browns having the best season they've had in decades. So I think Baker Mayfield's going to get it done. Hopefully some of his receivers are back because he didn't have any of his receivers against the Jets. I still don't think it mattered. He still had Nick Chubb in that running game. But I think they'll get it done against the Steelers since the Steelers are resting everybody. Tennessee versus Houston. Tennessee needs to be on their P's and Q's because Tennessee has to win this game in order to keep their playoff spot. They're they're ranked fourth right now, but the only reason why that is is because they're ahead in the AFC South. The AFC South is probably the second weakest division in the league besides the NFC South and the NFC East. Let's not front. They just beat up on each other and they had a tough schedule this year, but Deshaun Watson, as Dabo calls him, the, the Michael Jordan of football, he's not laying down for anybody. And plus, plus, with Patrick Mahomes probably sitting out, if Deshaun Watson does what he usually does and has a 300-yard has passing game, he's going to win the passing yards title. And that's going to be a big thing. He's not going to lay down. So, if Tennessee can't get that running game going like they usually do, they're going to have a problem today. And they have to win. Because if they lose, that opens the door for the Colts. And the Colts are playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville is the worst team in the league. Jacksonville has the number one pick sold up. But they might be playing for pride too, like the Jets. And with Jacksonville only having one win this year, you know who that one win was? The Colts. So the Colts need to come out and like revenge, get revenge for that one loss. And ooh, it would be really ugly for the Colts if they gave Jacksonville both of their wins. They get swept by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the season. That would validate everything that people have been saying about Phillip Rivers his whole career. He just can't get it done. 
Great quarterback, probably a Hall of Famer. Can't get it done. But I got the Colts. Oh, we got to talk about uh, Baltimore. Look, the only reason I, why I think they slipped my mind is because Baltimore's playing Cincinnati. Cincinnati will bow their neck, and Cincinnati loves the spoiler role. They've already beaten teams they haven't been haven't supposed to beat, like the Steelers. So let's see how it comes out. But the reigning the reigning MVP <laughs> needs to come out and be on MVP level against the Bengals. He usually shows out against the Bengals. Lamar Jackson has to come out and just win this game, lock up the little playoff spot, be done. I'm thinking if there's anything else. Mm. Nah, we're Gucci. All right. Thank you for listening to the show. Please get at the show, the Tangent Podcast on Facebook, uh, the Real Tangent on Twitter, and if you like looking at pictures, the Real Tangent on Instagram. That's it. Until next time, impress yourself. Thanks for your time and the listen. All episodes of the Tangent Podcast can be found on the Tangent Podcast group page on Facebook and on Apple Podcasts. Happy New Year and as always, impress yourself. I have spoken.